0: Welcome to Massive Late Fee, and now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone, welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark, with me as always is my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing, Carol?
1: Hey, what's up? It
0: is September 23rd, 1994. And we've got some news for you today.
1: Lay it on me, baby.
0: <laughs> so is that how you want? It? So, <laughs> so uh, the Detroit Free Press talks about quiz show, which we discussed last week.
1: We beat them to the punch.: Yes, we did because we are awesome. Uh,
0: they also talk about how it's an emerging time for bad boys in music. What do you think? You like uh, the bad boys?
1: Um, well, I'm with you. What do you think?
0: I think you like good guys, I guess. <laughs> uh, Travis Tritt an Outlaw with a heart of gold. And then they talk about uh, Aerosmith front man. I'm going to make my daughter strip Steven Tyler. Ugh.
1: <laughs> so gross. Yeah.
0: So I guess they're, you know... The the it's the, the hour for the bad boy, I suppose, but that's what they say anyway. I don't know. I, I still think good guys have a chance in this world. Sure. Speaking of good guys, O.J. Simpson,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: not a bad guy at all. Although, if it's to be believed, uh, apparently the media has reported that the police found some socks at OJ Simpson's home that had blood that matched Nicole Brown Simpson's on it. Okay. Yeah, the judge is not happy. The judge is pissed off and says that the media has been irresponsible.
1: Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Well,
0: according to this uh according to this expert or these these experts the jury selection in the case which is coming up soon is going to be it's going to make all the difference in the world, which usually is the case. So, women, particularly white women, particularly those who know he had mar- he had, uh, had had bad marriages or abuse, may be more likely to empathize with the skin uh, with uh, the slain mother of two. Now, I mean that's definitely true. Uh, but it also says, but they may be more likely to be attracted to the dashing male defendant. What? Yeah, I don't know about that.
1: Wow, who wrote this? A guy, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: Blacks may have uh, blacks may be more wary of law enforcement, more inclined to think this, that Simpson was set up by the police, but they may just as uh, be as inclined to recent assumptions and bend over backwards to assert their independence. That seems sort of. <laughs> that seems sort of. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, insulting to
1: black people uh yeah so women and black people the yeah. whole thing is insulting all over the place
0: so i mean i guess i get stereotypes and the people that they that they hire to help select these juries the the lawyers uh you know they hire people to help them in jury selection i know that that they can use stereotypes a lot of the times but here here's the thing so Blacks may be more wary of law enforcement and more inclined to think that Simpson was set up by the police. I wonder why. Now, any of you that know anything about the Los Angeles Police Department (laughs) know that they have a a pretty bad reputation when it comes to their interactions with the black public. This is true. So, yeah, it's, it's certainly plausible that the LAPD would try to now i don't think they would necessarily do it for someone who's famous like oj someone who's famous a a black famous athlete like oj is has more in common with a white person than your average black person i think
1: um okay you want to unpack that
0: well it's in under the eyes of the law for for sure i would think um because he's famous not just rich if he was an anonymous rich black person then you know that's not something you can see, but you can see the color of the skin. So racist cops w- would be just as racist, but he's famous. Anyone that sees him knows who he is. And cops generally seem to favor celebrities over non-celebrities. And I think that supersedes their racism.
1: Hmm. That's an interesting theory.
0: I mean, that's my theory. I don't know that for a fact. I guess famous black people... You know, write into us and uh, and, you know, I don't know, leave a, a message on my answering machine and tell me if I'm wrong or not. Uh, let's say <laughs> law and order types may favor the prosecution, but they more than others could be offended by what the defense has characterized as bung- as bungling by the Los Angeles Police Department. So it seems like they're kind of talking out of both sides of their mouth yeah. in, in every aspect here. Younger jurors may be more conservative than the aging alumni of Woodstock Nation, more inclined to see Simpson as huckster and hack actor than hero, but their minds are uh, supple enough to attend to long and tedious testimony and thereby spot cracks in the state's case. I guess. I don't know. The whole thing is so
1: weird. I'm just glad i don't have to uh, worry about it
0: we don't live in los angeles county we will not be part of this jury selection right so that is your oj simpson news for the day what else have we got oh big changes big changes in oj simpson's life
1: (laughs) oh my goodness really might
0: might be coming and big changes for us here in the detroit area as cbs is moving for for years, it's been two, four, seven. Uh-huh. Channel two, CBS. Channel four, NBC. Channel seven, ABC. Now, Fox will be on channel two. Oh, yeah. I think that's. I think this is a coup for them. I think this this will help gain them legitimacy. Maybe because you you don't think so?
1: Mm, I don't know. Okay, what? what do you why do? don't you tell me why you think it will? Because people
0: are so used to going two, four, seven.
1: But what about twenty and fifty and fifty-six and sixty-two? Okay, yeah, twenty. No one goes to
0: Okay, I don't know why you're talking about sixty-two. Sixty-two is where CBS is going to be. No one watches. No one watches channel sixty-two. No. No. Oh. Channel twenty, sure. Channel fifty, okay. Channel fifty-six, PBS, sure. But, you know, Channel 20 was, or is, you know, is still WGN and, or whatever it is, WD, WXYZ, W, I can't remember what it is. What is it?
1: Uh, I don't
0: know. Okay, well, whatever. It's one of those call letters. And then Channel 50 was Fox. Now, Fox is going to be Channel 2, and CBS is going to have to go to 62. Now, I don't think it hurts CBS as much because people are still going to want to see the shows on CBS. Right. But I think this is going to help give legitimacy to Fox because Fox is going to be in the normal rotation of, you know, channel flipping that people usually do.
1: Well, I don't know. I think I'm just I'm kind of excited to have an additional channel to flip.
0: Okay. well, I mean, it's not really an additional channel, but okay.
1: Okay, I mean, you're saying 2, 4, 7. Yep. And 20 and 50. Right. And 50 is moving to 2? Yes. And 2 is moving to 62. 62. Right. So.
0: I don't know what's going to happen with 50. Oh. Or, but yeah, so. Well,
1: wh- why are they, I don't understand them.
0: I've though. heard rumblings. They're just, it's their local affiliates. They they bought the local affiliates. That's how it works. So like, CBS owns or oh, so, some sometimes it owns affiliates. Sometimes it it just has agreements with affiliates. And what affiliates are, are just local stations. So like NBC for us is Channel Four, but it's not Channel Four for every everybody in the country. It's uh, you know I, I, NBC is probably a bad example because I think that it is mostly for for most of the country, but. You know, each station has, or each, like, little region has their own affiliate. So, like, for instance, with everything moving here, uh, where we are, it's going to be Channel 62. And in the actual city of Detroit, it's going to be Channel 62. If you go to other areas in Michigan, like uh, in Pontiac and Waterford,
1: mm-hmm. it's
0: going to be Channel 10. Oh. Uh, and then Gross Point's going to be Channel 30. Warren's going to be Channel 15. You go over to Southfield, it'll be Channel 3. Interesting. So, yeah, they all they all have different designations because they're all different affiliates. Okay. And the, those are stations that rebroadcast or simul-broadcast the signal coming from CBS. Okay. That's how it, uh, it kind of works.
1: Thank you for enlightening me on <laughs> <that>, um, <laughs> how broadcasting systems work. You're welcome. See, our show is educational.
0: So, apparently, there is a card that is... Drawing anger from Arab American groups. Uh, And it's uh, 50,000, there have been 50,000 of these cards sold uh, since August. Um, And they're not planning a recall. This card shows a woman in a hajib and, uh, you know, face covering. It says rather than confront her morbid fear of germs, Millicent changed her name to. Yaxman, and moved to Tehran, what? which is the capital of Iran. So I think they're joke cards.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, it's uh, they're they're joke cards based on on Muslim people, I guess.
1: That's really dumb.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's a card that says uh, a cow holding its udders and screaming to a farmer, "Don't touch me! Don't you ever touch me!" <laughs> That's kind of funny, right? So, yeah, it's they're they're all like joke cards, and I guess I guess this Muslim one here. So it's not it's not all the whole the cards aren't all about Arab Americans right. or, or anything like that, or or Arab people or Muslim people in in general. uh this is just one of the cards in the pack, but uh, Arab Americans are not happy that this was included. Um, you know, I I don't know. It's a so it's a fight between the First Amendment and, and, and you know, and I don't know uh, whether or not this is a good idea. Okay. Seems like a dumb idea, but,
1: you know. I I think it's a pretty dumb idea. I didn't even think the joke's funny.
0: Well, the cow joke was kind of funny.
1: The cow joke was funny, but the Arab-American joke was not.
0: So are you familiar with uh, comic books? A little. <laughs> Do you know... Who uh, Stan Lee is. Of course. So apparently he is the founder of Marvel Comics, a, uh, a, one of the comic people. The, the people that don't do Superman or Batman, so the ones that aren't that popular. Okay. Um, but he's... Uh, Spider-Man. Ho- yeah, Spider-Man, right. He's hosting a new TV <laughs> a show. You're so weird. I know. Uh but anyway, so uh it says Notes from the Captain Video File. It says he says it loud and he says it proud. I'm not ashamed, I love TV, Bragg's Marvel Comics Mastermind Stan Lee, the chattily affable wizard behind Spider Man and countless other Marvel superheroes. He says he loves sitcoms, he loves wings, he loves Mad About You. So he sounds like uh sounds like an NBC guy. Um,
1: But anyway, uh,
0: it says, let's see, speaking of plotting this week, Lee unleashes the Marvel Action Hour, a syndicated cartoon combo that features hardcore Marvel mainstays Iron Man and Fantastic Four in their own weekly series. Uh, So I don't know what Iron Man is uh, other than that song. I am Iron
1: Man. I like that song.
0: Uh, Iron Man focuses on... The Adventures of Dashing Billionaire Tony Stark, an inventor and industrialist who covers his body in sophisticated high-tech armor to give himself superpowers in the fight against evil. Interesting. I I don't know. (laughs) So that sounds like Batman. Yeah. Because he's a billionaire and he's this industrialist and inventor or whatever. And he's got a suit that gives him powers as opposed to having real powers.
1: So this is like a cartoon? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess like the isn't there a Batman cartoon or something? I think. No? What?
0: Is there a Batman cartoon?
1: I don't watch this the greatest shift. cartoon
0: of all time.
1: So, I mean, if that's <laughs> successful then then you know maybe this will be successful, but like I've never really heard of uh, Tony Stark, and I
0: no I haven't either I, I mean, Iron they, Man.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think comic book stuff's ever gonna have any like real success. It's no. mostly just
0: for dorks. it's for dorks. Yeah. yeah, no offense, dorks.
1: I mean my my cousin uh, shout difference. out to my cousin Ken who uh, you know helps keep the comic stores in business, but uh, yeah
0: right. Uh, all right, so now before we get into our little uh, our little stuff that we do, I guess let's do a little bit of the straight from the heart. Massive love.
1: Oh, massive love. I massively love you. Yeah. I do.
0: I massively love you. <laughs> but what about all these people? Like white couple, 50 years old, seeking black male <laughs> daytime meetings preferred Southwest Detroit. What? Yeah.
1: They're in their fifties.
0: They are fifty, yeah. A white white couple.
1: They're both a fifty, okay.
0: They want a black male. And
1: they're looking to have a threesome with a black dude.
0: Yep. It's very weird. Mm-hmm. Twenty seven year old married, full figured black beauty seeks slim, attractive, well established black male. Bet. I don't know what that means. Oh, between thirty and forty years young. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: That's, okay, so she's just looking to cheat.
0: Yeah. Wow. 27 years old. How about this one? Uh, married, white, female, middle 40s, seeking bisexual, female, married or single, first-time experience. What does that mean? So it's her first-time experience, or she wants someone for whom this will be their first-time experience?
1: I would think that it's her first-time experience. Mm-hmm. But who knows, because it is in the seeking section of the ad. Huh. Why would you want to be somebody's first time? Yeah, I don't know.
0: But look at this one. So maybe you can help me decipher this one. I can't figure this one out. Cute, attractive, WBIF. 5-2, fit, looking for WBIF for get-together, friend, please no games. Please, no games.
1: Clean, discreet, of course. Clean and discreet. W B I F. Widowed.
0: Widowed, black, independent female. Sure. But she's looking for another widowed, black, independent
1: female. Yeah, that's that seems seems unlikely. Let's
0: see. Uh, So widow can or W can be widow. It can be white. B is black. So what is she, white black?
1: Maybe she's mixed.
0: And then I is not on this thing at all. And then F is female. All we know for sure is they're they're both women. I don't know what this means. WB. So write in to us (laughs) if you know what WBIF means.
1: Maybe F means, you know, F.
0: No, F is female for sure.
1: Um, W-B-I-F
0: Yeah, I don't get it at all Sometimes these These pronouns are Or, you know, these letters and Maybe it's arg- a
1: typo and it's a sweet J, but then that's Jewish I mean, you got what? You got white, black, uh, Jewish Female <laughs> That's a hell of a mix Right? And maybe it's Indian I for Indian
0: White, black, and Indian female But she's, So she's seeking the same thing You have to be white, black, and Indian That's,
1: yeah that's crazy.
0: Slim, bi, curious, white couple, young forties. Well, I guess huh? that's.
1: <laughs> I guess that's uh. Up that's to, subjective. Yeah. Yeah. That's not young
0: to me. Fun-loving, responsible, professional, seek bi female to begin exploring/slash sharing sensual pleasure in our first
1: triad experience. Triad, really?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Must be clean, attractive, weight proportioned. And discreet. Of course. Race open.
1: So they don't care what race you are, but you better not be fat.
0: Oh my god. Triad experience. Wow. Oh man. That looks like an F, but I think it's supposed to be a T. It is a T. Okay. Oh wow. Hmm. Married couple seek single by woman for very exciting times. <laughs> Possible live in. Wow. That's a. That's another bridge to cross right there.
1: Right? What do you
0: think this means?
1: Full-figured gay white male. That means he's fat, honey.
0: 30 seeks large-sized gay or by black male for fun fantasy and late-night meetings. Age open.
1: Now, when he says large size, since he used full-figured to describe himself, I think he means large penis. Oh, wow. Or man. he would have said full-figured or same or something. Hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah, same is a word not used enough in these things.
1: Right? And that would save them some money.
0: Yeah. Well, that is, uh, I don't want to go through any more of that. Yeah. That's them for this week. Uh, I don't know. If you're interested, uh, if you're a full-figured, no, mm-hmm. if you got a big penis and you're right. gay, and black, you know, and you like well, full-figured guys. I mean,
1: from what I hear, black penises tend to be big. Oh yeah, that's what I hear.
0: You don't have any hands-on experience with that, no, <laughs> so to speak. Of course not. Just from I, what you hear, huh? Yeah. Well, you
1: you know you know my experience.
0: Yeah. If you well, if you have complaints, you know.
1: I, I don't.
0: Oh, you don't? You sure?
1: I'm sure. Can okay. we move on?
0: Let's move on to what?
1: Uh, how about friends? <laughs>
0: okay. So, we watched a new show this week.
1: Finally! The new stuff's out. Yay! It's
0: called Friends. (laughs) It's a name even I can't pronounce weird.
1: Right? (laughs) Can't do anything with that.
0: So maybe we'll stick with it for a while.
1: Although, if you notice, they have it like F dot R dot I dot. And it's like, what? Why?
0: At first, I thought it was their names. Uh So it was going to be like Frank and Rich and like Imogene. Right. <laughs> but no, I don't know. I don't know why they do that.
1: Cause it, yeah, it's not, it does not stand for anything. It's just friends. Cause they're friends.
0: Yeah, I guess, I guess that's it.
1: As far as I can tell, it seems to be a show about friends. Right. It's a pretty good show.
0: It was funny. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was okay. I mean, basically, so the, the premise of the show is, I guess it's about friends. That, like, that's, that's, it's very, it's simple in that way. It's yeah. just about a group of friends. So there's three guys and three girls. They're mm-hmm. living in New York City in impossibly large apartments. And they're just friends with each other. Now, at the beginning, uh, they're, they kind of do this, say, this weird thing where they do like a dissolve or a fade. So, it you know, time has passed. They're just sitting in this place called Central Perk, Mm -hmm. which is a uh, a coffee shop in New York. And they're just sitting around drinking coffee. They're talking. And it's like they didn't know how to begin the show. It's like they had three different scenes and they were like, oh, they're all funny. What do we do? (laughs) Let's just show them back to back to back. Right. So uh, at one point, one of the friends says, oh, he comes in because... I guess him and his wife are getting divorced. Right. She's a lesbian. And he didn't know. She didn't know, as it it turns out. So, you know, he's all depressed and everything. And he says he doesn't want to be single. He just wants to be married. And then a woman walks in (laughs) wearing a wedding dress.
1: And then uh, one guy makes this very funny comment of, and I just want a million dollars.
0: Right. And it doesn't happen.
1: Well, obviously. But
0: it turns out that she is a friend of one of the other friends, the Mo- Monica, from high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name is Rachel. And she, she was going to get married, and then she, she had cold feet at the altar.
1: Yeah. She, and she bolted. Just walks out.
0: She did not invite her friend to... To the wedding, uh, it was it was made very clear that they had drifted apart. Although later, when she's in a fight with her dad on the phone, she says, well, maybe I'll just stay with Monica. She just invites herself to live right. at, at this girl's place, and they haven't spoken in a while.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, she's obviously a girl who's used to getting what she wants. Oh, for sure. And it doesn't even occur to her that someone might not want to give it to her.
0: Yeah. So... She, you know, she basically she's like, it's, I don't know, like not a ton happens really. There's a lot of jokes. Yeah. And it's funny. But so basically, Monica uh, goes out with this dude from her work, I think. Yeah. Paul, the wine guy. (laughs) So I guess he's like a wine steward.
1: Yeah, or maybe, yeah, it is that, I was thinking because she works in a restaurant, maybe he delivers the wine.
0: Yeah, that's a wine steward.
1: Okay. Sorry, I didn't know what that meant.
0: Okay. So uh, I guess like he seems like a handsome guy, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah,
1: he's nice looking.
0: And he they go out on a date, and he tells her that it's been five years since he's been able to perform two. sexually. Oh, two years, sorry. Since he's been able to perform sexually. So they, they go back and they have sex, basically. Uh, we don't really see that. We see the next day when he wakes up and everything. And Monica's all happy. She goes into work. And her friend, you know, she's working in the restaurant, and her friend that she's cooking with says, "You had sex." And she goes, "How do you do that?" And um, she says, "Well, who wasn't?" She goes, "Paul, the wine guy." And she's like, "Oh, I know Paul." And she's like, "What do you mean?" And she's like, "Oh, I take credit for Paul." You know, before me, it'd been two years right? since he could since he could have sex, and. Uh, one of the, the guy in the leather jacket, the one that's the actor.
1: Um,
0: Joey. Okay. He says, uh, of course it's a lie." <laughs> so which, you know, when he was saying it, I thought to myself, yeah, it's definitely a line.
1: Really? I mean, it's not like, it's not like that never happens.
0: No, I mean, it's not like it never happens, but it's not something that you would admit on a first date. It wasn't a
1: first date. She, he said it's more of a fifth date revelation. Uh huh. And she's like, oh, there's going to be a fifth date. So, to me, that means this is, like, their fourth date.
0: No. It's their first date. Ow. It's their first date. And he's just saying... All he's saying is, you know, it's for the future. It's something that would be in the future.
1: You would not say
0: that on a first date. No, for sure. If if you weren't trying to manipulate the person. That
1: makes a lot more sense, actually, that he was doing that then. But...
0: It's his way to get laid on the first date. Yeah. So he doesn't have to put in as much work as the rest of us. Wow. Exactly.
1: What a jerk.
0: He's, well, ultimately lazy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, so, you know, that happens. And then the other big thing that happens is that Rachel, Rachel says, oh, she's going to look for a job and everything.
1: No, 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 no. Yeah. Wait, you all have one of these job things? Mm-hmm. Or no, wait, you all have jobs. And then, like, she's shocked by this because that's the kind of pampered life she's led. Right. And then when um, when everybody leaves in the morning and Monica's walking out of the apartment, she's like, wish me luck. I'm going to get one of those job things.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: It's so funny.
0: And she doesn't she doesn't get a job because no. she has no skills whatsoever. So she bought her I-don't-need-a-job or my dad's money cuz I have cute boots boots.
1: I, yeah, I don't need a job. I don't need my parents cuz I've got new boots boots. Right. Yeah.
0: Um which she used her credit card to pay for.
1: Not even her credit card.
0: Well, the credit card her father pays exactly. for. Exactly. She used to pay for it. So, I'm getting the 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 impression that these people are all supposed to be in their early 20s? Yeah. That's seems what it seems like. A, like? Yeah. And so, it's funny, the the Monica, right?
1: The Monica, yeah. She
0: was in Ace Ventura,
1: remember? Yep. Yeah, she's pretty. Yeah, she's fine. Courtney Cox.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, but the one that plays Rachel is prettier, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're both pretty girls. I, I think Phoebe's pretty, too. Eh,
0: in a quirky way, sure. I'm quirky. I guess. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> She, did a, she does aromatherapy or something like that. And everyone she's ever known has committed suicide. <laughs> right. But, yeah. So, anyway. That, I, mean that's, I mean, that's basically it. That's basically the show. I can't really break down much more. At the end of the episode. Well, okay. So, first of all, it becomes really clear that uh, Monica's brother has a crush on Rachel. Yeah. And he likes her. And he wants to ask her out. He even says, "Would it be okay if I ask you out sometime?" And then he doesn't do it when she says, "Yeah," or yeah. she says, "Maybe."
1: Yeah. Well, this—I mean—that was how the episode ended. And and he's like, "You know, I have a confession to make. I had a crush on you in high school." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Yeah, I knew." <laughs> right. There's a lot of flirtation. There's a lot going on there. Oh, well, for sure. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I, there, there's definitely. I mean, they're definitely trying to build something there.
1: But I mean, they both just got out of really serious relationships, so I mean, it probably is better that they're waiting.
0: Yeah, I would say so.
1: But yeah, I, I, I mean, I got the impression that he could have proceeded right then.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think so. I think she would have been. I think she would have been open to it. And then uh, we get a little denouement. That's the the bit after the last bit,
1: mm. uh,
0: where Rachel has gotten a job at mm-hmm. Central Perk, serving coffee. Yeah. And clearly he's not good at it because they she asks if anyone wants coffee. They say, Did you make it? Or mm-hmm. are you just delivering it or serving it? And she says, just serving it, and then they all want some.
1: Yeah. So apparently she's not very good at it. Well if you remember earlier in the episode she made coffee for the first time in her life. Oh how yeah. do you get to be in your early twenties without ever having made coffee?
0: I have no idea. That is pathetic. Oh yeah, for sure. So that was friends. Uh, I think we'll probably watch it again next week. I we both enjoyed the show. Yeah. So uh, we also watched My So-Called Life.
1: Yep. <laughs> Carol. yeah, weirdo.
0: Why don't you take us through the plot of this episode?
1: Okay, so this episode, Angela um, is upset because... Angela's upset every episode. She is. Yeah, she is kind of uh, upset a lot. But this episode's reason for her being upset is that there? the the boys made a list which i think is just crappy Mm -hmm. um of of, like the top 40s of the sophomore girls and rated them about like different things about themselves
0: i don't think yeah okay so i think i think there's 40 girls on the list right and it's just there it's the top one in each of these 40 different categories okay
1: so, yeah, like, um, her old bestie has the best boobs.
0: Yeah. Glo- glo- globular endowments or something like that, I think they said? Yeah, stupid. Yeah.
1: And um, Ran is, uh Mo- has the most slut potential. Correct. It's just the sophomore girls. Yeah. Uh,
0: Angela has a zit in this episode.
1: Yeah. On
0: her chin. So she's also feeling self-conscious about all that.
1: And she's not on the list. No. So, yeah, her, her feelings are hurt, I think. There's,
0: like, prettiest overall, best hair, best butt, best legs.
1: Right, all that stuff. You know,
0: all yeah, all this kind of stuff. And, yeah, so her friend, uh, you know, kind of, can't remember her name, but uh, Chesty, her, <laughs> uh, her friend has a lot of play in this episode. Yeah. Like, we get a lot of, more of her... Of her character she gets a lot more scenes with her and her new boyfriend is like the uh, one of the jocks
1: yeah she that's how the episode started I think was them walking to school together and her looking so and happy out and stuff yeah so and Brian Krakow is upset uh, he's also upset frequently yeah
0: so crack crackhead is upset it's so funny because it, it's like he goes back and forth it's like he's archie so, if this show was focused on him, he'd be Archie, and they'd be Betty and Veronica. Because, like, it seems like he likes both of them. Yeah. Because he's staring at this girl's chest and and everything, and he seems jealous that she's going out with this guy now. And he's, you know, of course, he's always, you know, wants Angela as well. So, yeah, it's, all, it's very weird. But... Like him and Ricky kind of become friends in this episode a little bit.
1: Yeah, that was interesting to see them talking together. Well, like Ricky, I think kind of had to try to find somebody else to hang with because he's decided to not be in the girls' bathroom all the time anymore. They,
0: they kicked him out. They told they said to him, he can't do it anymore. He can't hang out in the girls' bathroom anymore.
1: Is that what happened?
0: Yes, they uh-huh. said. They said at the beginning of the episode, you can't hang out in the girls' like someone said. Are you switching your sex? Okay. And he goes, no, you know, I'm not. I don't want to be a girl. I just want to hang out with girls. There's a difference. But they, because because he's a boy, they don't want him in the girls' bathroom, or like some of the girls complained, you know, or something like that. I mean, I guess it makes sense.
1: I'm really confused about Ricky.
0: Are you? No. Why?
1: Well, it's is he? Yeah. Okay. So he wants to be. A guy and be with guys and be friends with girls. Yeah. What? Don't you think? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And he was talking, who, was it Brian? He was talking to about the eyeliner? Yeah. So yeah, you see him talking with Brian a lot more because I guess because he can't be in the girls bathroom. Why don't the girls just like leave the bathroom and hang out with him?
0: That's what I don't understand. Hang out someplace else. Right. It is a little weird for a guy to be in the girls' bathroom. Gay or, I, gay or not.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't like that.
0: But, yeah, just go someplace else. Hang out someplace else. Right. There's other places to smoke and stuff.
1: They don't even smoke.
0: They don't? No. I thought, thought Ryan smoked.
1: I don't think... Uh, maybe I've seen her have an A cigarette.
0: There's a poster that says, who looks better or something like that. It's a person smoking, a girl smoking, and a girl not smoking. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so... You know, that uh, her Angela's friend gets a little like self-conscious about her breasts and everything.
1: Well, because everybody's staring at her.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and she said, you know, she's been asked out eight times in the past, like two days since that stupid list came out. And she thinks that the guy is dating her just because of her breasts and, and everything. And so she breaks up with him. And then he comes. He comes to her when she's playing her clarinet. By the way, so we see the band now. I'm not in band. Uh, I was in band way back in middle school, uh, not in high school. And so I, but, so I do know something about how bands are arranged. Right. The way their band is arranged is the stupidest thing in the world. So they go. They go flute clarinet flute clarinet flute clarinet just alternating dumb. That's not how you set a band right. up, and and then the 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 uh, trumpets are right next to to them, and you know there's like uh, that's it's not how you not how you arrange things.
1: Yeah, it did did look odd, for sure.
0: Yeah, dumb, and not the way it is. But anyway, so and crackhead plays the flute. It's interesting.
1: Why is that interesting? Because yeah, he's
0: a guy, I guess. I don't know. Guys can play the flute. I played the flute, but but it seems I don't know. It's like you don't see that often depicted.
1: Yeah, I guess I can't play the flute. My mouth isn't shaped correctly. I tried. That was my first choice. Your mouth
0: is shaped fine for <laughs> for things.
1: But that was um, my first choice of instruments, and I could not make it make noise. Yeah, it was really weird. You
0: made me make noise.
1: Um, the- oh, jeez. <laughs> be like gross about everything
0: about everything in every time huh no
1: i i like i like the saxophone though i thought you were gonna say
0: something else i thought you were gonna continue my conversation we were having no
1: Um, i'm done with that
0: yeah saxophone is is cool
1: so, and oh, and by the way, though, she didn't break up with him just um, because she thinks he's with her for her breasts. She broke up with him because she thinks he was partially responsible for the list.
0: Well, yeah. She says, you know who did it. And he admits that he knows some of the guys that made it.
1: Okay. You don't think that she was also blaming him for its existence? Because it kind of seems like... Eh, I, maybe. But anyway.
0: Anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> What else happens so Angela's mom wants her to get into this fashion show with her this mother daughter fashion show where they make they make a dress a you know they, they wear the same outfit and model it together and it's for charity or something like that, yeah, kind of like the nine oh two one oh thing we saw almost
1: <laughs> yeah very very much like that, and um i think I feel bad for her little sister Danielle again in this episode mm hmm because she obviously wants to do the fashion show. Right. And her mom's like, oh, it's for older girls. Yeah. Which, in the fashion show, I mean, I guess when we finally see it, it looks like most of them are Angela's age. Right. Like, you know, take a hint, lady. Exactly. Your kid wants some attention. Shit.
0: Yeah, and Angela doesn't want to do it at all. Right. So, basically, it comes down to Angela doesn't feel pretty. Yeah. And you know her mom tells her she is and her mom basically kind of opens up to her and says you know when when she was in school and she was pretty she didn't let herself know she was pretty so she did never enjoyed it right and you know that's just that's what she wants for her daughters to be able to enjoy you know how she looks and and everything
1: it was kind of sad though because angela started crying and saying but i'm not pretty right you know, and, and, you know, I'm sorry. I know you want me to be, but I'm ugly. i was just like, oh, that, that made me sad. Yeah. She's so pretty. Yeah, she's pretty. And, and, you know, I think, I think a lot of us girls just kind of walk around feeling bad about ourselves and mm-hmm. it sucks. Like, why, why do we do that?
0: I don't know. And Well, it's funny because Angela's mom brings up an interesting point. She says, do you think that anybody thinks they're, they're, they're pretty or they're beautiful? Which is, you know, I, I think it's probably a very short list yeah. of people that would say that about themselves and really believe it. Uh, the dad brings up RuPaul. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, while well, they're, like, fooling around, right? Yeah. Like, they, that's something that's come up the last couple episodes. They do some weird talks while they're fooling around.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's the whole thing is odd.
1: Yeah. And, and do we really need to see the parents making out? Come on. No.
0: Just
1: knock that shit off. But anyway, so, I mean, that's and that's basically
0: the episode. The humor ends?
1: Um, yeah, the fashion show right. where Danielle ends up doing the fashion show with the mom and right. she looks super happy. Yep. And Angela and her friends are there watching, which is nice. They're being supportive. You know what else I've noticed, though, the last couple of episodes that just came to mind I wanted to bring up? The mom calls Rayanne that Rayanne person. Yeah. That's so shitty. Like, what did she ever do to
0: her? The mom is pretty shitty, just in general.
1: She really is. I mean, she just—I mean, she treats both of Angela's friends like crap, and they are so nice to her. Oh yeah, for sure. Like there was that scene when she's making the dresses, and Ricky's like asking questions about it and complimenting her work, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, and she just thinks he's weird because he wears the eyeliner. Like, get over yourself.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's you know, it's interesting. They just this the generational thing is interesting. Yeah. But anyway, that was uh uh my so-called life for the week. So, we watched a movie. This was my pick this week. Yeah. Because I am a huge fan of of Stephen King.
1: I enjoy I enjoy Stephen King as well, but you are like almost as big of a fan as my dad, I guess. Super fan.
0: Yeah. So, we watched The Shawshank Redemption.
1: He just likes to make me just want to punch him in the face. That's, yep. that's all.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so it's based on a novella by Stephen King called Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, which is from the book Different Seasons. I was telling you uh, after we watched the movie that uh, because this movie is a lot about hope. That's, yeah. the, that's the overall message of the movie. And... Most of the stories in different seasons kind of have that. At least the two best ones do. They they have a, a theme like that running through it. So different seasons is broken up into the four different seasons. You know, and I, I'm pretty sure the first one is fall. So the body, which is uh, became Stand by Me, the Rob Reiner movie,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, is fall from innocence. Okay. So you know they go to see a body, and you know I mean it makes sense. Uh, the Apt Pupil, it's called. They haven't made that into a movie yet, but that's uh, that's about a kid who it, discovers that his neighbor's a Nazi and he wants to hear all about it and everything. That one, Summer
1: of Corruption. I read that one.
0: And then there's The Breathing Method, which is about a woman who gives birth. Uh, it's a crazy story. But anyway, it's uh, it's weird. The whole thing's weird. I I mean, I can spoil it for you if you want. It ends up she uh she's I think she's in a car or something like she's she's giving birth. She gets decapitated. Uh. while giving birth and she still finishes the birth. Like the the woman's body finishes giving birth.
1: Well, yeah, that makes sense.
0: It's a weird story. Uh anyway, so that's uh, a Winter's Tale. That's okay. what it's called. This one, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, is Hope Springs Eternal. So, it definitely is the theme of the story. The guy that brought this to the screen is a director by the name of Frank Darabount. Okay. He, I saw years ago, They this there was a tape that, well, not years ago, but Maybe like two or three years ago, a tape came out uh, of a bunch of different student films that people admit. I think there was maybe three on there uh, VHS tape because uh, I get a lot of Stephen King memorabilia stuff. And one of the the student films was called uh, was from based on the story of The Woman in the Room, uh-huh. and he did that. So I guess Stephen King has this program where uh, sometimes students that are in film school they'll they'll they instead of writing an original story they want to use uh you know a story that's already written and kind of you know stage it and everything they're looking more for because it's not a screenwriting class they're looking more for how they stage everything lighting things like that you know as their as their student thesis film right so they um you know that their their final presentation for the class to to pass and Stephen King has a deal where he'll give anyone, any student, the right to use any of his, his works for $1. Uh, the only caveat is that he, will, he he likes a copy of each of the films. Okay, So that's, uh, you know, that's what he does for students. And this was one of those. So now this Frank Darabont is getting to do, you know, a, uh, a full scale uh, story of Stephen King's on the big screen. And it's good. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, I hear it's not doing super well at the box office, but it's I, I really enjoyed the movie. The movie begins uh, with. So I'll give you the basic story of the movie. The story concerns a man named uh, Andy Dufresne, who is falsely accused of murdering his wife and her lover. She was cheating on him and goes to prison. And it's most of the story takes place inside this prison, so not the very opening scene of the movie, but the opening of the prison. It it starts with this beautiful crane shot of—I mean—and it's it's an epic, sweeping shot Mm -hmm. of the the prison, the yard, you know, everything. You get the full scope of everything as it kind of comes down, and then um, uh, Andy Dufresne and all the other people. They they start all the new prisoners they come in and we meet Red played by Morgan Freeman. Uh, Andy Dufresne is played by Tim Robbins. Uh, we meet Red played by Morgan Freeman and William Sadler is, plays one of the the criminals there. I can't remember his name for the life of me, but he's there too. All the other you know kind of like their friends mm-hmm. you know are there, and they see them coming out of the the bus and they're taking bets on who will who will break down first that first night and they're betting, you know, cigarettes on him. So Red puts all his money on on Andy. Mm-hmm. And Andy doesn't make a sound, you know. So this this uh, large man ends up breaking down William Sadler's guy and the the one guy well, what's his name? Byron, I think. Hadley. Uh-huh he's the 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 main guard main prison guard he comes and he like kicks the shit out of him basically hits him with his pipe and stuff like that and uh anyway he cracked his skull then goes to the infirmary and he dies because the doctor left for the day so they just left him there on the gurney in the infirmary um and uh yeah so a lot of this stuff so basically You know, all these people are convicted murderers. Right. And most of them did the murder that they're in there for. Andy Dufresne didn't, but most of them did. So the story, the basic story is that they, you know, they, um, they, they do a lot of, they give a lot of sympathy to the, to the prisoners. You know, they're like, we're seeing everything through their eyes. Right. So there's a lot of sympathy towards those characters and it shows a lot of the corruption of this, this particular prison, this particular warden. It, it differs in certain ways from the book. For instance, in the book, there was not just one warden uh, over the years that he was there. There were a few different wardens. Um, you know, when this last warden came, that's when the, the stuff that happens in the, the movie starts happening. I don't really want to get super into, and this is one of those ones where I don't want to get super into the plot details of this movie, because I really just want people to go out and see it. It's yeah. it's, a, it's a really good film, but I'll kind of give, you know, overall impression. So, you know, the, the camera work, the direction was outstanding, I think. The acting was incredible. Uh, Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman are both really good, and they have really good chemistry. Oh,
1: yeah. they. I mean, you just, you, you really feel the friendship. Mm-hmm. But
0: what uh what were kind of some of your favorite parts or, or favorite uh things about about it?
1: Well, I mean the the problem I guess is is some of my favorite things are the story. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like like my favorite part of the movie is the end. Okay, yeah. And I don't want to give away the end, but right. um you know, it's there's a lot of um just vindication and and justice yeah. and and it it leaves you feeling good. Yeah, uh,
0: hope is definitely the the main the main thrust of the the theme of the movie, but justice is a big part of it too. Mm-hmm. Like what is justice, you know, what what's just what's justice, what's reformation, things like that, how how we treat prisoners and, and things like that, you know, it's a big part of it too. And yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of themes that run throughout the the movie. But I just, like I said, I mean, I think it's one of those. It, it's it looks like it's being kind of underappreciated, but I I think it's. I mean, it's very it, it's it's a very visually appealing film, and you know the way it's written, the way it's plotted, the way it's structured. It's a very well paced, well plotted film. It is. It, it's. There there's there's pretty much nothing this movie does wrong. Yeah. You know, it's almost a perfect film, I would say. And what do
1: you enjoy more, the film or the book?
0: Honestly, it's one of those situations where I think I think the movie's actually better than the book. Wow. Yeah, it's one of those it's one of those very weird situations, but yeah, I think I think that's the case. All I right. think it's I think the movie's actually better and more emotionally satisfying than the book it's a rarity but i think that this guy this director really pulls it off and i i i don't know like i have i have a lot of i have a lot of admiration for the skill that they put into this uh into this film it's it's very good. Like I said, it might be my favorite one of the year, I think, so far.
1: Okay.
0: It's close. Forrest Gump was really good, too. Yeah. Uh, and what was the other one that we watched recently? Um, Natural recently, Born Killers yeah. was pretty good.
1: Milk Money's the last, like, uh, it was Milk Money than, Quiz than Show. It's better than Milk Money. Quiz Show. Quiz Show's pretty good.
0: But I think this is. Pro- I think this is probably my favorite of the year so far. But absolutely outstanding film. I, I would recommend that you all check it out.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, that is our episode for the week. As always, uh, we will end this episode as we end every episode with our blockbuster pick of the week, Carol. There's a lot of of movies that we've we've already seen
1: uh-huh.
0: or we've already reviewed that that are coming.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to continue to be the case from here on out. Just, you know, yeah, as we, long as we continue to do this. We
0: might have to modify this in some way or maybe dig a little deeper because, you know, uh, Carol and I end up seeing most of the the movies that are released. So like Naked Gun 33 and a third Ugh. is not
1: my pick of the it, week. It's
0: one of the ones that, that came out. But there's a uh, a movie called Farewell, My Concubine. It's a Chinese drama directed by Chen Keg. Uh Came out last year, uh, and it, it's uh, it's got some good reviews. It's in Mandarin though. Oh jeez. So you'll have to use captioning if you want to. Uh, you want to check that out. Um, but I think you like. Uh, I think you would like this one, the wedding banquet. Okay. You ever heard of it? No. That's also a uh, a Chinese movie. (laughs) Directed by somebody named Ang Lee and starring An Li Gua.
1: So basically, we're recommending foreign films because Naked Gun 33 and a Third was terrible. Okay. Y- yes. So what I actually recommend is that you go and check out like one of the Brat Pack movies or one of the old like slasher horror flicks, you and just wait for better movies to come out.
0: You don't want to hear the plots of of this movie, the wedding banquet.
1: Not really. Do you? Aww. Do you really want to read it to me? If, if 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 it will make your day better, you go right ahead. Why? Why Tung
0: Gao and Simon? <laughs> are a happy gay couple living in Manhattan. Wai Tung is in his late 20s, so his traditional-minded parents are eager to see him get married and have a child. They hire a dating service, and he and Simon stall for time by inventing impossible demands. They demand an opera singer and add that she must be 5'9", have two PhDs, and speak five languages. The service actually locates a 5'8 Chinese woman who sings Western opera, speaks five languages, and has a single PhD. Wow. Close. Wow. She is very gracious when Wai Tung explains his dilemma, as she, too, is hiding a relationship with a white man. Okay. At Simon's insistence, Wang Tung decides to marry one of his tenants, uh, Wai Wei, a penniless artist from mainland China, in need of a green card. So, that's the basic, uh, that's the basic premise of the movie. But it, it's, sounds It pretty actually good. does sound kind of good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, the wedding banquet, check all it out. Right. You know, you can use subtitles, it's okay. Yeah. But that is our show. Carol, take us
1: home. So, you know, do all the stuff like, you know, giving us money and stars and telling your friends. Five stars? What the hell was that?
0: I said 5 stars.
1: All right. Uh bye guys. Bye.